On behalf of the National Public House Museum, we thank you for tuning in to our oral history audio listening series, Out of the Archives. In each episode, we will share a diverse range of stories told by public housing residents from our oral history archive. Stories make up the backbone of any culture. They tell us who we are and where we are from. They create empathy and understanding, and they allow us an opportunity to share our experiences and learn from the words of others. The stories in our archive lift up the voices of an oftentimes marginalized community and create a space for important conversations to happen. Here at the museum, we firmly believe in the power and importance of everyday stories and their ability to expand and redefine our understanding of American history. Our mission is to preserve, promote, and propel the right of all people to a place where they can live and prosper, a place to call home. And we hope that this collection of stories not only reinforces that belief, but can shed a light on an American experience that's all too often left unheard. In this episode, Mind to Grow, you will hear from storytellers that share their unapologetic love for their homes, memories of childhood summer fun, and the strength within their communities. The storytellers from this episode include Nakia Heron, who lived in the Robert Taylor homeless from 1979 to 1997, Doris Johnson, who lived in the Cabrini Green homes from 1952 to 1968, her son, Michael Johnson, who lived in the Cabrini Green homes from 1954 to 1969, Gregory Sane, who lived in the Robert Taylor homes from 1969 to 1979, Carrie Torres, who lived in the Castle Hill houses in 1986, and Janet Williams, who has lived in public housing from 2006 to the present day. The stories from this episode span from 1952 to the present day. Hi, my name is Carrie Torres. I remember being excited that we were moving into a house and moving out of a building, which would mean um, we would be able to, my sister and I would be able to play outside um, living in the neighborhood in the building we were in, we were not allowed to play outside. Um, so, and we were going to have like a new room and we were looking forward to making new friends. Um, so I remember it being very exciting. Yeah, everyone was happy in the family. Sharing meals was a big part of the family. So we had a little dining area um, and we ate meals together for dinner. We definitely ate dinner together every night and watched the news. And Thanksgiving, um, you know, was a big holiday. My grandmother, you know, passing along recipes to my mom and then my mom being very focused on making sure my sister and I knew how to cook and clean a turkey and, you know, do the right thing with the food. Um, and so that was a big dinner using my grandmother's china and her plates and so we would pull all that out from the china cabinet during this time and clean it all and my sister and I were in charge of like cleaning all the glasses cleaning all the silverware cleaning all the the stock you know the, the top of like the porcelain serving dishes that would you know be for Thanksgiving and the colors or like they had these apples on them. So there was like the apple set for Thanksgiving and then, then there was like the blue set for regular Sunday meals, yeah. <laughs> My name is Michael Johnson. You know, when I hear people say, well, the projects are so tough and this and that, oh, that didn't happen till later. It was a wonderful place to live. 
and 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 I remember uh, mixed races in the projects when I was growing up. We had we had Italians, we had Polacks, we had we had Mexicans, we had um, all types of cultures in the in the early part of the years I grew up in the projects. I do remember. Uh, I think uh, Daly was the uh, mayor at that time. And I do remember a lot of activities that he would initiate uh, in the communities. Um, we would have uh, basketball pro um, tournaments and programs, and we would have uh, a place called the Lower North Center in the Cabrini Green Projects where uh, young people could go participate in activities, play basketball, uh, do arts and crafts, uh, take little field trips. Um, and uh, there were activities when I was growing up in the, in, in the Cabrini Green. So um, um, being that I was young, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I do remember staying active when I was growing up in the projects. Gregory saying, I am absolutely a very outspoken uh, black man. And I think I have to attribute that to, again, Chuck Hill and, and Mr. Taylor and, you know, getting those, the, getting the food in the morning from the Black Panthers. So the Black Panthers across the street from my building, 4848, uh, South State, we'll talk about that. I know you want to talk about that, but uh, I'm just skipping a couple of little things so I don't forget. I'm bringing this in before I don't forget about just that. Uh, I, I find that part of my journey is why I'm, I consider myself an activist because of uh, my uh, my experience and, and, and exposure to the Black Panthers. They fed me breakfast in the morning. My mama was showing, you know, living in the projects that uh, they, at that time they call it the, the ADC, something like that check, but the welfare check, I, they call it something else now. But my mama check got us through. Uh, some months it didn't get us through. I don't know what, what happened. I think it was eating a little more or whatever, but you know, uh, them, those free lunches from the Black Panthers made a big difference. Even those choke sandwiches too. Hell, them so the choke sandwiches came in handy. <laughs> but I would, Shakira, uh, I would, and I would enhance the choke sandwich because it'd kill you just eating it like, just like they gave it to us. So I had to go in the house and heat it up, <laughs> toast the bread. <laughs> that the government cheese was like really. That government cheese made the best goddamn cheese toast in the world. The government cheese? Oh my God, my mama macaroni cheese is so good from that government cheese. I ain't lying to you. And then I take the, the sandwiches and all that stuff and heat it up in the skillet. I put it back on that bread after I toast it. It was a whole different experience. That got us, that got me through the day. Them chokes, along with this, the food over at the school. But in the summertime, it was really different. But anyway, I don't know if that answered whatever. <laughs> Doris M. Johnson. Uh, that one day we're gonna get us a home and we're gonna move out. 
So we work towards that, you know, uh, to, you know, to do better in life, you know. Uh, that was a beginning, that was a starting out, so we, we're not going to be just satisfied, you know, right here. We're going to try to, you know, try to do a little better. I went to the post office before I moved out, and I worked post office 25 years. Oh, nice. I went to the, I walked to the, well, when I first got went to the post office, I had to get a ride to go where I was working. And then I transferred and I went to the post office near my house. And I, like I said, I worked for the post office 25 years. And, you know, I, I always had the man to grow, you know, so. It wasn't that the project was so bad or anything like that. It was just time to, my kids has gotten older and, you know, it was it was time for us to, to you know, kind of move along. The people, I love my friends around there, you know. If I didn't have, they, they'd be bad. If I had, I'd be bad. You know, we, we got along really, really well, you know. And that's what I love mostly about Project is because we all understand, understood, you know, how to, we had to get along, you know. Now, everybody wasn't like that with everybody else, but I had friends there. And I, and I liked it. And my kids like it. They never talk about when they talk about uh Cabrini, we had a good time. You know, we wasn't nothing wrong with the projects, you know. They they don't see anything wrong. My name is Nakia Heron. My childhood was like it was the norm to me. It was fun. I grew up on uh Started out on the west side of Chicago, but ended up moving to the Robert Taylor Projects on 51st and State in 5201, the Brownsville neighborhood. And I grew there for a while before my mother moved us back to the west side because of how the influences there and how they was affecting us, me and my brother, me and my older brother. So we moved back to the west side and I ended up going back to the projects because I missed it. So I still had family that lived there. You know, and I went back to the projects and moved in, got an apartment. And from there I just, you know, lived life. Like I say, you can go from floor to floor, you know, every floor to floor and it was like family, you know, and the, and the buildings that you were in, you were living in. That was 5135, 5135, 5205, 5247, and 5266. And you knew people in just about every building rest our head. It was like a, a village in the building. That's what I liked the most about it, you know. Janet Williams. My community has its 
her his let me say his advantage its advantages and disadvantages i hate the fact that um it's been a lot of shooting in the area more recent than it was i hate the fact that um my grandkids who don't really get to come out like they could we live next to a beautiful park and seven years ago, that was like our second home, the park was. And we enjoyed it. And now it's changing. The community has changed. It, and it's not changing for the good. But I still believe in my community because I still have the neighbors that know us. I watch some of my neighbors go from little girls to now parents. So that's pretty good. You know, in this area, I'm pretty much the oldest so I'm kind of looked up as like the mama. So I like that, you know, uh, a lot of respect. You know, you give respect, you get respect. I don't have a lot of problems with the community other than the violence. If I could erase that, I can live in Pleasant Street. <laughs> Once again, the NPHM thanks you for listening to this episode of Out of the Archives. This series is supported by the Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Illinois Arts Council Agency, Illinois Humanities, the Kresge Foundation, and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. This episode was engineered by Seth Engel. We'd like to give one last huge thanks to our storytellers, Nakia Heron, Doris and Michael Johnson, Gregory Sane, Carrie Torres, and Janet Williams, as well as the members of the museum's oral history corps and other oral historians who helped to gather these stories, including Ashley Jefferson and Shakira Johnson. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you next month. <laughs>